You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. I lied, I lied, I lied. You're all going to be put on the spot. Everyone's on the spot today. Aren't we Aren't we all on the spot every day of our lives? Aren't we always expected to perform, expected to step up, expected to be smart, to show our brilliance, our pills of wisdom, or alternatively, are we... Uh, are we just fading into Bolivian? Are we, uh, are we just, you know, just trying to blend in, just trying to fit in, just trying to uh, not stand out, blend into the vanilla of social media? Um, I, I'm quite, you know, I, I'll talk about Bud Light and I'll talk about Unilever. I'll talk about the brands uh, in a moment. But, you know, it is Friday. Um, it's an opportunity to talk about wins and and losses and what worked and what didn't work this week. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I guess, uh, is NFT NYC over? I didn't go. I don't know why. I just, there's something about the New York City vibe that just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't associate NFTs with NYC for some reason. Um and it's my backyard, and it's around the corner, and I just, for some reason, I just, it's now the third one in a row, 
Um, I guess the big one was, when was the big one that everyone went to? Uh, was that 2020, just before everything went crazy? <clears throat> and then there was, I guess, a nothing maybe in 21. And then 22, there was, and there definitely was one last year and now a third. So maybe three and four years. Um, I still haven't gone. I should, and I should make a, a concerted effort to speak um, and to step up. Um, in a way, I've been kind of in the shadows of Web3. It sounds uh, a bit skivvy. It sounds a bit dark, a little bit, uh, but that's not really true. I just, you know, I haven't really um, hung out my shingle. Is that the right phrase? I've never really gone out and said uh, to the Web3 people, right, to the people focused on Web3 that I'm Web3. In many respects, I've really been focused on the brand's um, you know, and, and kind of bringing Web3 to, to the mainstream conversation. And, and I'm certainly happy about that. That's very deliberate in terms of my plan. So, you know, when I went to NFT Miami, it was, it was interesting. I was kind of just so inconspicuous. I was a nothing and a nobody. Um, and that was fine. In fact, um, you know, <laughs> The flip side, the flip side actually applied too. There were probably giants of Web three all around me, and I didn't know who they were, which actually was a pity. Um, you know, f- normally I'd be in an event and I'd know who the people are, and I'd be able to like if I saw them, whether it was like going into or coming out of the restroom or at the bar, or I'd be like I'd know who they are. Um, so it's like a bit of a disadvantage. Um, going to a Web3 event for me because, A, I don't know any of these people. Like the founder of Goblin Town or the founder of World of War, I don't know who these people are. I don't even know their names, um, let alone what they look like. Um, so it's it's a bit of a – I'm at a huge disadvantage from a networking standpoint, IRL. And, uh, and conversely, no one knows who I am. Well, maybe those are the lucky ones. Right, Praxim, the lucky ones. Um, did you like your, your POAP yesterday? Uh, otter.ai does not understand the word POAP. So this is for the uh, AI transcription, POAP, P-O-A-P. Get that into your artificial skull, POAP, 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 P-O-A-P. From now on, when you hear this accent, POAP, P-O-A-P. It stands for Proof of Attendance Protocol, POAP, POAP. (laughs) It's going to be very interesting to see what that transcription looks like. Afterwards, Well, it is No Agenda Friday, and I was just about to invite Praxim up onto stage, but he came up by himself. Uh, hello to Christopher. We missed you yesterday. Um, and he's up as well. Did, did you invite him up? Or what are you doing, Praxim? Have you taken over my stage? Uh, good morning. No, I have not taken over your stage. Good morning. I have not taken over your stage. So Christopher came up by himself. Wonderful. Uh, yes, by himself. I missed him. I missed him. You know, when you're not even here a day, you are missed. Um, and we don't say that enough in the space. You know, even uh, not not the you know not the flip side, the accusatory. Where were you? Why weren't you here? But the opposite, quite opposite, which is you were missed. Um, I'm so excited about the fact that I have these uh, articles with the assistance of ChatGPT, uh, the lure of loneliness. I keep on yeah the. the I keep on saying the lure of loneliness. It's the lure of laziness. And then the other one being a loneliness versus loneliness. Um, two like big ideas. These are big ideas. Um, you know, 
are we becoming lazy? And as I said, you know, kind of like lambs to the slaughter, Hansel and Gretel being fed to, you know, for sacrifice. Uh, or, you know, and then, and then the whole, that's the whole laziness aspect. And then, of course, loneliness versus a loneliness. But anyway, Praxam, how are you, Christopher? How are you? Uh, what's in your mind? What's going on? That's your cue to speak. Hey, Jaffe, I saw Praxim on mic, but I didn't hear anything, so I wanted to give it a second, and it sounds like he's uh, speaking now. Mm. No, no, no. You, I was just being quiet and sipping my coffee out of my Denali mug. It's a very, it's a very favorite mug. It's got a funny story. Uh, we went to Alaska to visit family a couple years back. Um, North Pole, Alaska, which... Uh, funny enough is not at the top it's in the middle and we spend a day at denali and i bought this mug and this mug is blue and it looks like a little bit like a snow-capped mountain with a little denali symbol in in, in, in stamped into it and i get it home and i realize it's made about five miles from my house no way yep so the company that handcrafts these mugs for the denali visitor center is located in st paul minnesota and so I traveled all the way to Alaska and Denali to bring home a mug that was made about five miles from my home. I love it. That's a, it's, it's a great story. It's perfect, in fact. And uh, you have to post a photo of it in the uh, cafe chat. Uh, I'm, back sure. to, I'm back to my Ember mug um, as Passover is over, as passed us over. And so my coffee is kept at the perfect temperature. I didn't realize how unbelievable this this product is i mean i've loved it since and i speak about it all the time but just that ability to not have the anxiety that your coffee is not the perfect temperature or to have the the luxury the indulgence of your coffee or your tea or whatever at the perfect temperature all the time it's it's just a joy the small things in life Oh, good morning, everybody. I don't drink coffee, but uh, it is nice to be back. Um, I took a couple days off uh, from kind of being in some uh, audio rooms uh, and not a huge backstory other than the fact that good weather. But, you know, I did start, uh, you know, I think the more time we spend on social audio, you're just more um, ingrained in the virtual space versus real life. And I think, uh, you know, taking a little breather sometimes uh, helps you uh, get connected to, you know, um, just the things that are important in in IRL. And uh, I know it's been NFT New York, and I've been trying to stay a little connected to see some of the things that are going on, but haven't heard a ton from the event. And, you know, that might just be, uh, maybe it's hard to give uh, updates real time, or maybe there's just not that much to update. But uh Happy to be here, and uh, yeah, happy Friday, everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you, by the way. So, two 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 comments on on what you said. One is, um, I look, I, I could not agree with you more. And what I've actually been able to, I I think I've mentioned it before. Greg Sattel, um, I don't know if he does it anymore, but every day he just went onto Clubhouse and opened up a room called Dog Walk. And every day he walked his dog, and every day he went onto Clubhouse. And eventually, you know, you ended up with, he ended up with a room with 30, 40, 50 people. And it was just a, uh, it w- these were intellectual powerhouses 
or power talks. I'm not necessarily saying the people themselves were powerhouses. I didn't know them. Um, but it was just an unbelievable, like, just an incredible conversation. But if you can stimulate your body and your mind at the same time, that's a win-win. That's why, and I tell the story of during COVID, I was running three, four, five times a week, but always listening to Tim Ferriss and, and, uh, and Howard Stern and, and, and different podcasts. And, and I felt like I got smarter. I got inspired. I fed my mind and my heart, my soul while I was feeding my body. Um, so I agree. Um, <clears throat> you may want to go back and even, and that's the beauty of the podcast, Christopher, is that you can go back and listen to some of these conversations. And, and really, we had some amazing conversations this week. I did a reading for Belonging to the Brand. Um, I put that out yesterday as an article with, uh, with key takeaways, um, playing around again with you know using ChatGPT to synthesize these conversations <clears throat> and had this like really interesting little uh, spin on it, which is like this idea of uh, if you plagiarize yourself, is that still plagiarism? <laughs> so if I'm using chat GPT to summarize myself, is that cheating? You know, is that plagiarism? Am I, if you plagiarize yourself, is that plagiarism? I don't know. Uh, is that okay? Is that kosher? Um, I think it is, um, especially if you're being, if you're able to, um, I mean, even just like pulling out some of these key quotes were nice. And, um, I'll tell you something else, um, by the way, um, which is, um, and then we'll talk about uh, NYC. So I just got approved um, for, it wasn't a long wait at all. Microsoft has just come out with, with this new product, this designer um, product. <clears throat> and I'm going to try and find it for you. In fact, I will find it for you. I know it's here somewhere. I just got to find it. Uh, here it is. It's da, 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 da. it's called design. Go to designer.microsoft.com um, and have a look at it. From what I can understand, I'm just going to put it in the chat for you. Um, it is potentially this idea of you know uh, AI Chat GPT meets um, you know meets Canva. So it says a, a a graphic design app that helps you create professional quality social media posts, invitations digital postcards, graphics, and more. Start with your idea and create something unique for you. <clears throat> so like there's, I actually used it to create a little um, Instagram story um, for one of my LinkedIn posts. And um, it's just amazing like these tools now that we can actually uh, create these thumbnails and, and um, you know, logo, all of this now in real time using AI um, so AI meets ChatGPT, I mean, Canva meets ChatGPT, uh, meets PowerPoint, kind of interesting stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, I was able to, to, uh, pull out those key quotes. Um, and, and why I mentioned Microsoft design is I can now just, you know, take those key quotes and say, you know, uh, create, uh, an Instagram slideshow or tiles using these quotes, um, with, you know, inspirational, I don't know, I'm just making it up, you know, inspirational backgrounds. Um, and let's just see what they come up with. I haven't done it yet, but I'll do it later and, and share it with you. But super, super cool stuff going on right now. Um, the NFT NYC response, and, and then we'll turn it back to to all of you. I mean, I guess, I guess um, you know, some people were quite active, like, you know, looking at Fanzo or the, the D-Gods people were very active. They had this beautiful dinner. I think it was just a perfect time 
for communities to come together um, and a perfect place, which is New York City. Um, for so many people coming to New York for the first time, I mean, it really is. I mean, of all the meeting places in the world, New York City has got to be the number one place for people to converge on. And so if for nothing else, um, you know, you'll notice a lot of people on stages and a lot of people in, in um, on panels. I can promise, I don't want to say I can promise you, but I can tell you at NFT Miami, there were two stages. There was the main stage, which I don't know if there were ever more than than a hundred people there. It felt it, it was so super empty. Maybe like when Timberland came in, or, or you know, um, Baron Davis, or you know, or or one of the co-founders of Ethereum. I don't even know their name. There might have been two hundred and fifty or three hundred people there. But the other stage, they, th- sometimes there weren't more than fifteen people sitting there. It was kind of embarrassing, um, and you know, it was like really tough if you were on stage. It was really tough if you were there trying to bring the energy and bring the. Uh, you know, and, and bring the noise and bring the funk um, when there are like 10 or 15 people and it was loud as hell and the sound was terrible. So you, you'll notice a lot of people um, typically when, when, when they're showing photos of themselves or whatever on stage, um, it's just them on stage. You're not seeing the whole room and that's generally because there's no one in the room. Um, I, I guess that's okay because what you realize is that it's really not about the panels. It's not about the content. Uh, it's not about the big news or the releases or the, you know, launches. It's really just about the parties, the dinners, the meetups. And to me, that is NFT NYC in a nutshell. Um, and if that's what people got out of it, I would say mission accomplished. So my two cents. Uh, but uh, back to you, Chris, Tim, Praxim. Uh, I see Bez is in the audience. Um and uh, he typically is uh, quieter during the eight to nine slot. He's doing probably what what we were discussing, which is he's multitasking, which makes it a little bit more uh, worthwhile. And the other thing, you know, to your point, Christopher, is it's got to feed your soul. Like if you if you feel in in a room in social audio, if you like, if it's taxing, if it's a burden, if you if you're not learning, if you're not getting inspired, if you're kind of feeling dirty, if you feel like you need to take a shower, if you you know, if, if, if it's bringing you down as opposed to lifting you up, um, taking kind of a break, a mini break, a mental health break, whatever you want to call it, is not only is it, is it uh, a good thing, it's a great thing, in fact, just to detox or detach or, uh, or just kind of step back just for a, a moment and then come back hopefully with a little bit more energy. But back to all of you. Hey, Jeff. Hey, I appreciate that. And I just switched to my uh, headphones, so hopefully the audio is still coming through. Um, here, let me take a pause there just to see if it's coming through, because I did see Praxim on mic, and I want to make sure I'm not speaking over him. I, you're just hearing me because I'm trying to be quiet and I'm not muting myself. I'm, I'm, I'm being a bad guest. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it's, technology gets a little... And you're uh, way too polite on the... Uh... <laughs> uh audio courtesy here uh no worries no worries but yeah i think um yeah i think you know one of the things you know um you know beautiful weather you're taking advantage of that but yeah i think i found myself um going to spaces to go to spaces uh and you know people reacting to me being in the spaces and you know i just didn't vibe with the energy but you know the messaging was basically like hey you know uh, it was about energy alignment. And while it may have been, you know, I, I guess you take 
the tone of things as it comes. But basically, the messaging was still, hey, you know, uh, the way I took it was positive. I was like, look, let me remove myself from this space, see if it creates better energy for them. But also, you know, what's the impact to me, right? So that's, and that's all I can monitor and gauge is that. And as far as and, um, uh, NFT NYC or NYC NFT, however you, the, those uh, letters get pronounced, um, I'm always curious as to how those conferences come about because that seems to be outside of maybe uh, London and Paris that seem maybe better attended and, uh, you know, more of a, uh, of a conference vibe, like people that go there actually kind of listen to the panelists and it feels like things that are more stateside. It's more about the communities that do things outside of the event. So I'm curious to see, Jaffe, if there's any insight on <clears throat> who funds these things, because I always thought it'd be cool to have, um, like, I, I'm not going to New York, but I would go to a NFT Boston, right? But the whole thing is, why would someone create an NFT Boston, right? Like, especially if an NFT New York feels like it's a good opportunity, but it feels like the opportunity is almost adjacent to the event. It feels like the event isn't why people are there, why people are there just to connect with their communities. And, you know, is this event just an excuse for those communities to connect? And is there a better way to do that? I'm just curious to the business side of it and you may not be able to answer it, but that's the one that seems to be the common thread, whether it's Miami or New York. Uh, I think there's Denver and all that stuff. It feels like it's a really hard um, experience for the panelists because not a lot of people are there to concentrate on them, but then you'll have some, you know, one or two communities that do big events that get talked about. I mean, I have a few thoughts on it, which is, um, it was very interesting to me because um, I had like a kind of, n not like a revelation, but um, um, maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that, 20, 15 years ago probably, um, for those of you that are familiar with the Webbies, the Webbies were created, a uh, big, beautiful affair, I forget where it was, it was kind of like around about 20th Street and I want to say 7th Avenue maybe or or ninth avenue somewhere like that and uh like black tie and everyone came dressed to the nines and it was like the first time i felt like the digital people were actually dressing up and uh by the way there was this big nft now the the top uh creators and top community nft members this big award event uh at the uh, rainbow room top of the rock i saw uh, sandy carter there from unstoppable and um so there were some big lavish affairs but the webby the Webbies, and also the thing that was so amazing about the, the the Webbies was the first time that like creators and uh, and developers and designers and were getting recognised and 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 their little you know they had this beautiful little quirk they probably still have it is all acceptance speeches can only be five words so it's just five words so the creativity that had to come out of people to do the acceptance speech in literally five words was amazing. They got fantastic uh, MCs. You know, they were generally, uh, uh, whether you want to call them D-listers or not, but they'd be like a correspondent on The Daily Show um, would be someone. Um, at the time, you might have got like, I don't know, Steve Carell when he was like in his early days or, uh, you know, those kinds of, of people. And, um, but 
It was started by a bunch of direct marketers, direct response people. It was just a data play at the end of the day. And and that's that was this revelation. It wasn't like started by, you know, <clears throat> industry creatives or whatever. These are people that had nothing to do with the industry. They just put together this event and they were all kind of like database, data analytics, investment bankers, quite frankly, Wall Street people. And they just put the event together and they worked out uh, the, the, there are metrics. There's a business model behind events. There's a business model behind award shows. You know, what you realize is when people are being honored, woman of the year, man of the year, 40 under 40, 30 under 30, 20 under 20, whatever, they're just money-making scams. I mean, for the, I'm saying scam, but they're, they're not really, but they are. You know, oh my goodness, I've been nominated for this. I've, I've won this. Well, what happens when you win? What happens when you win, you know, award for best up-and-comer or 40 under 40 and you work for Omnicom and you work for WPP and you work for these companies? Well, well, first of all, what they do is they take out a big ad in Ad Age or Ad Week. Second of all, you know, if you work for uh, Procter & Gamble or you work for an ad agency, guess who else takes out ads for you? All your vendors, all the publishers, you know, all the sellers, the Googles, the Facebooks that you've given so much money to. And then in addition, um, you buy a table and your company buys a table or two tables. And it's just a money-making, you know, again, I'm using the word scam. It's not a scam. It's legit, but it's it's like a legit scam. Um, and so there is absolutely a business model associated with an award event. Well, events, conferences, you know, um, you know, these festivals, same thing. I mean, there's, there are economics and metrics, key metrics associated with it. Obviously, you kind of, you know, get a little upside down if nobody shows up. Um, but you're monetizing so many different ways. You're monetizing through ticket sales. You're monetizing through sponsorship. Um, those are the big ones. Deals with hotels, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, look, if you get to the point of South by Southwest and you get to be that big, um, then there's, you know, you're working with the local municipality. Um, it's very much, you know, you're feeding and serving the industry and small businesses. That's a big thing um, as well. Um, and so there's, there, there's lots of nuance and there are lots of kind of layers uh, to it. But for the most part, you know, anytime you want to do an, a, an event or, or something that's official with NFT NYC, you're probably paying for that. And I guess a lot of people paid for admission um, to come to NFT NYC, you would think, obviously, you know, uh, I, I assume that, that you're, you're, when you buy a ticket, it's an NFT um, and, and can be verified and not duplicated or, or copied or, or screenshots or whatever the case may be with your QR code. I mean, it would make sense. Um, but, but, but I think those are part of the economics um, associated with it. Tim, I see you off mic. What's up? Yeah, no, uh, you're, you're spot on. You know, the event economics is so, such a complex industry with so many different players that to pull off these events. Um, so years, years and years and years ago, um, I was in medical communication. So we were holding 150 medical education events a year. And um, we, we got purchased by a company called Reed Exhibitions. Um, they're actually based in Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, but their entire, you know, $5 billion a year is to put on events. So they are the logistics arm of putting on things like Comic-Con. 
um, at Book Expo um, and, and, and hundreds of other events. And so there, like you were saying, there is the logistics of what is the space? What is the space rental? What is security? What is electric? What is, you know, who are the furniture vendors? Who are the food vendors? Who are the signage printers? Um, and there, there's entire ecosystems that go together to make those events happen. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, I mean there's always a there's always a business side to everything, and that's what you have to realize, and that's what you have to realize is is that um, when you understand how the world works, when you understand how you know how these business models work, then it helps to you know um, it, it 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 helps, and you know one of the th- it, one it does we mm. when when we were doing it you know uh, my events were you know between 150 and 300 people who were coming to each location, um, so when we go to Chicago, our little team of 10 people descends on the hotel in Chicago. We're working out the union contracts. We're working with with lighting with uh, signage, with you know, all, of, all of the different contracts. Um, and it was always, for our group, we were always having to do everything. When you get into a, a scale of 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, or 100,000 person events, um, there are logistics companies that, you know, uh, there, there was a company out there called Freeman. It, it, it is a giant company that nobody has ever heard of. But if you want to get a box from Westport, Connecticut to Chicago through the unions and into the Moscone Convention Center, they've got a smooth, they've worked out all of the processes. Oh, and, and I mean, it's Ve- fascinating. and Vegas is the same, right? It's like, it's unbelievable oh, yeah. when, when you think about how, how much it's controlled. Um, and, and again, it's a business. Uh, it's a business front front uh, office. It's a bu- it's a business back office. But you know, uh, I was talking earlier about this new um, uh, kind of Canva meets ChatGPT that Microsoft has just launched. And uh, one of the things that I'm doing now when I'm summarizing these articles, um, it's such fun, is I basically just say, you know, provide three to five key takeaways and provide three to five quotes. Um, and, um, and so like, um, the quotes that actually came from, uh, yesterday's live read of, of, of Mark's book. Um, and then I was able to immediately get it up. Um, it's, it's, um, these are the quotes, uh, they're all my quotes. I mean, in the end, they're just like, they could have been Mark's quotes, but, but it turns out that the machine, uh, recognized these quotes, uh, so the first one is Web3 is our last chance to get community right. And this is not for brands to control. Instead, brands should focus on being invited to be part of an, of an existing community and should invest in struggling or dormant communities to enable them to thrive. The second one is a creator must be able to make money from revenue streams other than the token itself. If the creator can't benefit financially from the token, then it's a fool's errand. And then the third one is in many cases, the real model is going to be when brands step in, step up, and figure out how they can help, invest, catalyze, enable, sponsor, give means, resources, tools, assets, and access to struggling or dormant communities. But the, the second one 
is is kind of exactly the point that you know that I was making yesterday, which is in this tokenized environment, it, it became it became clear to me <coughs> that you know if you <coughs> excuse me if you are a creator, you should not be making money from your coin or your token. Number one, but number mm-hmm. two, you need to be making money in general. And if you thought you were going to be making money from your token or your coin or your economy, then you were misguided. And if that's what you were sold, then you were sold a bad bill of goods. And so, and so, like, even when we think about the business model, right, of what is the business model of, of an NFT project? What is the business model of a token, a creator coin? What is the business model of an event? I think when you also understand the business model from a customer standpoint, you might just be a little bit more empathetic. And I think that's the point that I've also made before, which is if your economy knows and understands your financial situation, I don't mean like your P&L, but if they understand where you're coming from and if you're honest and open and transparent with them, <clears throat> they're much more likely to do everything from pay or tip or or crowdsource or or help you in other ways, like help you find guests or help you find sponsors or whatever the case may be. I mean, that to me is community. You know, when, when mm-hmm. and, and we have to stop saying the word my. It's not my community, my community. The, the, that phrase is the, is the most incorrect phrase. It's never your community. It is always our community. You may have started it. You may be the founder. You may be the host. You may be the curator. You may be the caretaker. You may be whatever. But, but at the end of the day, if not for your community members, there is no community. You're just a deranged human being talking to yourself. And so, and so I think that, that you know, it's, it's an interesting little tangent we've gone down or rabbit hole. But I think it's so important, right, which is when you – would you begrudge NFT NYC the ability – to collect $250 from you in order for you to do X, Y, and Z. Well, you would if they're a bunch of greedy pigs. You wouldn't if you understand all the costs and the nuances and the and the teamsters and the unions and 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 what you're paying to the city of New York and the Javits Center rental. Um, and I don't understand why yeah. we wouldn't just be just a little bit more uh, vulnerable and transparent in order to get the buy-in of people around us. Well, to, to bridge what you were saying, um, yes, you know, I, I am, full disclosure, I am a extremely happy Canva user um, and, and love Canva, but I'm also in the Microsoft ecosystem, so I'm, I'm loving what Designer is doing. Um, and there is Adobe Spark, which is Adobe's version of Canva Designer that is out there. And last... Last month, when I was at the, the conference in Amsterdam, one of the women who took the stage was from Adobe. And uh, what she was, what I was not aware of, is that Adobe has 27 full time employees. They are employees of Adobe, and their job is to be in the community cheerleading whatever that means. Now in New York City that can be, you know, getting, you know, large venues and and coordinating things. 
But if you're in Sheboygan, it can be coordinating meetups. Um, and it's really to celebrate the community, to, to facilitate, to create environments for the community to come together. And I thought it was impressive that a company like Adobe would dedicate an entire department to it for what's the return. I mean, the return is the long game, right? There's no short term because everybody who is in there is already a customer. So there's no short term earn. I've seen this from another SaaS company, which is Red Hat on, you know, very technical. They, they have a subscription model. Um, and they also have these community, they call them mugs or Red Hat user groups, rugs, R-U-Gs, right? And yep. they just send a couple local Red Hat employees because they're a fully distributed org. And they just cheer on local people. They bring in special guests. They even fund food, highlight really food and cool drink. Cases. What? They highlight really cool use cases that you would... Yeah, they yep. amplify those those members that don't have an amplifier. Correct. And um, but again, it's really interesting because I've observed this. It's interesting to hear about Adobe. They, there's a thing in the in the SaaS world, well, software as a service. I can't speak this morning. Um, <laughs> where it's called the SaaS smile. As you transition from a product that's a um, perpetual license and buy once, use forever. Maybe you pay maintenance. Maybe you don't. Um, to uh, software as a service, the revenue does go up, but you have to invest in retaining customers to renew. Right. And this is the key method that I've seen that's highly valuable, which is you build your internal champions, and it's through these soft events like this. Yeah, I am, um, because, because so I work in organizational change in technology, so I flutter uh, Microsoft has the Ignite community. They've got a great workspace at Grand Central. Um, they build their community. AWS is down on 14th Street. They've got a they've got an open open coffee shop. Um, it's kind of set up like a Starbucks. And all you have to do is be in the AWS ecosystem to go there. And they have AWS architects. Two of them. Um, I was there like six months ago. Two of them. Two AWS architects, they volunteer two days a month to just go and work out of there. So they're just there to engage the community and and answer, you know, kind of general questions. They're not going to architect your system, but to give a perspective. Salesforce does it with their world tours. HubSpot does it with their, their they call them hugs, HubSpot user groups. Mm-hmm. But I see the, see the correlation is these are all SaaS companies, right? So right. I think it's just normal course of business now for if you are in the SaaS space or software as a service, either bought or in the cloud, that this is how you retain your membership. Because I briefly worked for a company that didn't have this. They were trying to build it. And um, they ended up partnering with uh, the big consulting firms. But uh, the net net is uh, to get the 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 whatever the renewal on the subscription you this is the investment they make whatever example gave 24 26 people from adobe right Right. i want to uh and it does oh Oh, i'm sorry jeffy no finish finish because well because aside you like there's so many spin-off benefits that come from building that community machine 
because I know Microsoft, Salesforce, and Adobe all have their product teams not involved, but adjacent. Because these are your users who are going to push the boundaries. These are your advocates for this new feature or why this new feature matters or why this bug is really a problem. Um, and it really helps the roadmap of the company with, with basically free research. Not free, but you know what I mean. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was I was just gonna uh, also just uh, say hi to uh, influence and see how he's doing as well, and see if anyone wanted to. I I, I love I love the conversation. Uh, they probably want to change the acronym of Rug uh, to something else um, because that's taken on a, a whole new meaning now. Oh um, yeah, I think uh, Jeffy they spell it R H U G, Red Rah- Hat Users Rah- Group. Rahug. The the H is silent. Rahug. It's like a B-hag, an R-hag, an R-hug. I don't know, something something like that. Um, Anyone else want to, anything else on their mind? Um, I wanted to chat a little bit also afterwards about the whole everything going on with Bud Light and uh, Dylan Mulvaney. I think Dylan Mulvaney is the right name. Um, Anyone else want to, any any other topics that you want to mention? Otherwise, uh, I'm happy to take it in a different direction. Or we can continue. I'm happy. Drinking my coffee. I have the uh, I have the great sound effect if I ever need to, which, of course, is this one. Gives us time to reflect. Okay, so I, I wanted to chat a little bit about... I, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of the whole story. I haven't had time, but... But in a nutshell, Bud Light partnered with um, uh, a pretty uh, famous now, uh, um, recognized, visible, um, uh, social me- trans social media star Dylan Mulv- M- Mulvaney, who's been um, documenting um, um, now her transition um, on social media and uh, basically sent her a bunch of Bud Light, from what I understand. And um, people have just gone mental uh, about it. Um, uh, most, uh, most notably Kid Rock, who uh, featured this video that's gone viral uh, with uh, you know shooting all these Bud Light cans with like a, uh, uh, an assault weapon or a rifle or something like that. Um, and, and look... Whatever perspective you sit on, like whichever side you sit on, the interesting aspect, and this is the angle that I want to take for this discussion, is is the idea of a brand taking stands, right? We've also seen like Dove have just announced that they're going on the offensive in terms of advocating uh, on behalf of or against the toxicity of social media, social media toxicity, that they really, really are now taking aim at these social media platforms in terms of the damage that they've done to image, self-image, body image, body shaming, the works, etc. Very consistent on on brand, by the way, for Dove, you know, with Campaign for Real Beauty. Um, and, I mean, totally, 100%. It doesn't seem like a stunt at all. Um, I, I'm going to be reaching out to um, uh, Bud Light's brand manager, and also Doves uh, to see if they'll come on the show. Um, and uh, I'm super excited about that. Uh, but I want to see if they do. 
you know, and I'm not I'm not shaming them either either way, but like this is not the opportunity now to go silent and pull back. I'm not necessarily saying they need to go in the offensive, but I just want to hear the story. You know, at the end of the day, here's the point. A lot of the brands, so the whole, you know, purpose washing, all these brands jumped to, you know, Simon Sinek, start with why. Everyone kind of got into the whole purpose on the purpose bandwagon, or as I call it, the brand wagon. Everyone jumped on the whole, um, this idea of, of, of higher, higher order and, 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 and greater causes and missions and visions and so on and so forth. And I'm not uh, poo-pooing that at all. I'm not uh, being snarky about it at all. But there's a huge difference between walking and talking. And, and most people talk more than they walk. And, you know, and, and you get exposed or at least, you know, you, you see the contrast when you see a company, the, the extreme of extremes, like Patagonia's founder basically giving away the company in order to fight, um, you know, on behalf of, of uh, you know, climate change and, and, and what's been happening. And, uh, and, and so at least it gives you a guardrail. You know, it gives you it gives you a guardrail in terms of understanding. Well, what is the extreme left and what is the extreme right? And uh, and once you know that, then you can triangulate and find out where you want to fit in in the middle. So with this whole kind of purpose, uh, I mean, I want to introduce this idea of taking a stand. Like, what do you stand for? Because because if you don't stand for anything, then then you will fall for everything, and and that's a version of a quote from even Hamilton, the musical. If you don't stand for anything, then you will fall for anything or everything, I should say. And um, and and I like the idea of brands taking a stand. It doesn't have to be controversial. In fact, maybe it shouldn't be. It definitely shouldn't feel like a stunt. It definitely shouldn't feel like uh, like. They were trying to be controversial. They were trying to, again, jump on the brand wagon. Um, I would like to see Bud Light um, not, not, I don't need them to double down. I just don't want them to halve up. Is that even the right idea, right? Uh, I'm not necessarily saying double down, but I don't want you to halve up. I don't want you to pull back. I don't want you to mitigate. I don't want you to make excuses. I'm happy for you to, when we say take a stand, just stand, stand firm. You don't have to move forward, but don't fall back. Just stand, just stand by, um, you know, stand by uh, what you say and what you did um, instead of making apologies and trying to placate. You know, at the end of the day, why I love this coming from Bud Light is Bud Light and Budweiser are the vanilla of brands. I mean, I know this. I've worked with the company before. You know, it's it's um, the biggest growth areas for like Budweiser and Bud Light are in China and, and out this country. Yeah, it's so common. It's so common that it's too common. You know, if you're a trendy hipster, Brooklynite, whatever, you, you, there's no way, not only would you not be seen dead drinking a Bud Light, um, but in many establishments, probably in Brooklyn, they don't even serve it. You know, it's all these craft beers and all these esoteric beers. Personally, I hate that. I went into um, the Yard House in, in Miami, and there's just like 3,000 beers. And I don't profess or pretend to even understand. I, I still honestly don't know the difference between pale ales and IPAs. And, you know, I just, uh, I just 
think that I like from what I understand, I like loggers. I think that I like loggers, like Bud Light is a logger. Um and so I think of like Castle Lager was was South Africa's Budweiser. Just give me a Bud Light. Give me a Coors Light. Give me a Miller Light. I'm happy with that, honestly. Um, I'm, I'm not a very sophisticated beer drinker, nor do I profess to be. But this makes me more likely to want to uh, have a Bud Light. Not because I agree or disagree, but because they took a stand they took a stand. They st- they stood for something. They did something. They weren't just, you know, America, 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 you know, red, white, and blue, star, spangled banner. I'm patriotic. I'm a citizen. I have no problem with that. Um, you know, Budweiser changing their name to America um, on, on July 4th to me was kind of arrogant. You know, it, 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 it was almost um, gratuitous. It felt indulgent. It felt like... Um, it just felt like, you know what, you don't have a monopoly on what is considered to be American. You know, blue jeans, chinos, apple pie, whatever. You know, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Americanos, blue jeans and chinos, Pepsi and Oreos, Americanos. So, I, I mean, so I like this idea. I like this idea. I'm going to see if I can get Dylan to come on the show. I'm going to see if I can get um, um, the the um, brand manager to come on the show. Um, I want to have more of these conversations. And and I don't understand the vitriol that comes from the other side. And I don't care whether it's the right against the left or the left against the right. I think we just both need to, like both sides need to shut the hell up. We're talking about beer, for God's sake. Just drink a beer, preferably cold, and enjoy it. And enjoy it preferably in the company of people that you love and care about and respect. Let's stop overcomplicating the world and let's actually just start to kind of heal the world instead of creating more divisions. We don't need videos like Kid Rocks. We, I know that's on brand for him. But, you know, the only times, honestly, that I've heard Kid Rock's name over the last, I don't know, 10 years is either in support of Trump or now against Dylan and, and Bud Light. So I guess that's his brand. Good, good luck to him. You know, again, I'm not trying to be overly political at all. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just sick and tired of opportunists, you know, trying to be controversial, coming up with their smart little tweets, you know, trying to get a rise. Um, you know, just, it's, it's just unnecessary. It's such a waste of energy. We're using that word earlier, right, Christopher? Use your energy to either fuel yourself refuel yourself, fuel others around you, stand for something, buy into a cause, or it's wasted energy. It's just hot air. That's all. You're just, uh, you know, use the phrase, um, which will be part of one of the articles. You're just an oxygen invader. That's all you're doing. You're wasting air, precious air, <laughs> if that's all you do on this planet. Anyway, a little bit of a rant uh, from, from, from my side um, but um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this or anything else. You know, it's just, uh, it can be political, it can be apolitical. I mean, it's no gender Friday. So every, everything is good here and everything is always on the table here. Um, we have a beautiful um, culture and, and environment uh, here to be able to talk about things that matter. So um, any, any thoughts, rebuttals, reactions, change of subject? 
I see. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, I'll give, <laughs> I can give a quick thought. Um, for me, I think I hadn't heard about it. I'm not familiar with uh, Dylan Mulvaney, uh, but there's a gentleman who's an independent rapper named Tom McDonald. And uh, Tom, uh, you know, he he's kind of like the modern day kid rock, right? Like he is uh, making music, uh, but he's independent. So he can, uh, you know, have a lot of latitude. And I think his stance was, hey, if Bud Light is doing this to honor women, there are probably other women that could be highlighted. And I think he mentions Rosa Parks, his mom, like, you know, because I think they're like the, the ad campaign talked about how many days Dylan has identified as a woman. And he's like, I can think of other women that have identified longer that maybe, you know, we should uh, kind of uh, support and highlight. But I think it was pretty much tongue in cheek, too, because I think at the end of the day, like he's like, look, I don't like Bud Light. And if you drink Bud Light, I think we got another set of problems. Uh, but I think it was an interesting take. And I think um, what, what it highlighted for me is that, um, you know, I think a lot of times we're on the we're adjacent to, to some of these things. And was this an important stand for Bud Light? Maybe. Um, is it important to Dylan? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what her comments are on this. But I think at the end of the day, I think what he was trying to say is, look, this feels more like a publicity stunt than, you know, trying to honor Dylan. And if you're trying to honor women, you know, there's probably other choices. So uh, I'll make that my share to see if that, uh, you know, uh, takes the conversation somewhere. But uh, yeah, I think it was it was interesting to hear your take on it, definitely. Uh, and who's the person you mentioned? So he's a rapper named Tom McDonald. He does a lot of videos, like, and what will happen is, like, you know, people do reaction videos. So there'll be videos of him, and, you know, he's like, hey, people think I'm a racist. They think I'm this. They think I'm that. And then he just kind of breaks down. It's kind of like Eminem. Like, he'll he'll have some level of political commentary to his music. And his music's decent, right? But I think what people really like are his reaction videos. So people reacting to his videos. And then um, there is a lot of buzz because he made a song that has become more commercially viable because it's it's more poppy. And now people are reacting to that, saying he's kind of gone away from his roots but the the artist's name is tom mcdonald and uh you'll probably know if you see it because he's got a he's got a very unique look between the face tattoos and <laughs> there, there's a lot of hardware coming out of his face uh <laughs> but i think his uh when you look at that image and for, for me that's the you know it's, it's interesting to kind of see his visual and then hear his words and hear his stances so it's uh for me it's a trip uh but it, i i file it under entertainment there's, there's definitely a quote, uh, a takeaway. There's a lot of hardware coming out of his face. I uh, love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and and also there's another massive controversy linked to it with Mr. Beast um, going on too. And 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 we could even we could even segue. There won't be time today to talk about the controversy with the Dalai Lama. Um, and I mean, of all people, should the Dalai Lama be cancelled? I mean, it's it's. It, you've got your you've got your triangulation there uh, in terms of in terms of like setting up uh, the the lay of the land um, as well. Uh, you know, look if a dialogue gets created and people are talking and it's respectful, it can never be a, it can never be a bad thing. But you know, one of the things um, I, I'm super excited. I I actually um, you know I can give you a little bit. Uh, it, it it may not work out, but I think it will. Um, which is, I'm going to have Patrick Fabian 
uh, on the show over the next week or two. I'm going to be recording. Uh, anyone know who Patrick Fabian is? Do I need the music? Attorney Howard Hamlin in Better Call Saul. Um, he's going to be on the show. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, that's just a little bit of like non secular. But uh, on Tuesday, I've got Simon Bull. Um, and uh, his stuff, I mean, if you go find, look for him on Instagram, Simon Bull Art is his Instagram handle, is incredible. I like, if I could afford his pieces, I would have them all over my home. They sell for tens of thousands of dollars. And, um, but we had an interesting conversation yesterday about all the negative comments he gets um, and how he deals with that and, and, and how it fuels him. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. I think his most, his most viral or most viewed uh, piece of content, I think it's 45 million views. It's unbelievable. Um, and he actually says it fuels him. He loves it. He loves the negativity. He loves the criticism. And and I think the thing that you realize throughout the whole process, Christopher, is that, you know, uh, and everyone else, is that, um, you know, I, I use this quote always, it's tough at the top, but it's even worse at the bottom, right? The, as you rise and as you, you gain notoriety, there's going to be a lot of negativity. The question is how you handle it um, and and how you deal with it. And the best way to deal with it is to deal with it, is to address it, is to talk, you know, to talk it out and talk it through and um, and realize um, that it's a conversation. And if nothing else has come out of this whole Bud Light, Dylan McVaney, um, you know, which, which, look, it could have been a stunt and deliberate and premeditated and planned. And it could have just been innocuous, which is, hey, we sent out Bud Light and we did it to 25 different influencers and we tried to be inclusive as we could. You know, to your point or to the point from Tom McDonald, which is if we're highlighting women, for example, there are a lot of other women that might have been highlighted. What if they were? I don't know. This is part of the research, right? What if there were 25 women, but one of them was someone who just transitioned, um, and so and that just kind of blew up and, and took on a life of its own. But if things that come out of this are conversation, um, and oh, by the way, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, if more people are drinking Bud Light as a result, that's interesting. Now, there have also been some, you know, uh, I've seen some posts talking about the market cap decline in, in, in AB, uh, AB InBev in the, you know, in the weeks um, following this uh, kerfuffle, this controversy. Well, that, you know, proof that conservative boycotts work. Well, yes and no. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean people are drinking less Bud Light. What it means is some people have sold the stock um, and stock can be sold and stock can be bought. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens to their market cap and their stock price, but also what happens to sales of Bud Light. I don't know about you, but I'm craving a Bud Light right about, not right about now because it's 8.57 a.m., uh, but I'm definitely going to have a beer today, especially because Passover has just uh, finished and I haven't had any breads and beers and scotch and stuff. So today I'm going to treat myself to an ice cold Bud Light and I'm going to uh, probably take a little video selfie of myself and, 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 and say cheers to Dylan um, and, and the brand manager 
um, and to dialogue, to just having conversation. It's so good to be able to have a safe place and a safe space to have a conversation. And I welcome, honestly, disagreements and differences of opinion, um, whether it's on this stage or whether it's on any other stage. It's okay to disagree. It's okay as long as we're disrespectful. And, you know, I've got to a point, like, for example, uh, Billy is not here at the moment, but Billy and I have very different political points of view, and we just kind of rag each other about it and laugh at it, laugh at each other and 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 respect each other for those opinions. But But as friends, you know, our friendship supersedes any any kind of ridiculousness about political assuasions, etc. One of the craziest things about the whole political, when people get all you know, like uh, argumentative about politics, is you have no say in politics. At the end of the day, you're just a you're you're a voter. I mean, and it's your civic duty to vote. Like at the end of the day, you can be all outraged about this one and that one and what was said on the hill and what was said in the capital and you know and 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 whatever and on CNN, but like. Seriously, like the the biggest thing we can do in our lives is impact those around us. The biggest thing I can do today is play a role in the people that are in uh, Collective Cafe right now that are listening to this episode, my family, my friends, uh, my interactions. That's the biggest thing that I should be focused on rather than influencing the things that I cannot influence, right? Control the controllables as opposed to be outraged about all the other superfluous tangential stuff so it is 8 59 uh we've made it to the end of another week i hope you have an amazing weekend uh, i'm energized by the incredible weather we've had this week it has been just amazing just a reminder um how important weather is to mental health and uh you know just wow just the, a blue sky the power of a blue sky is just tremendous. It is 81 today, by the way. The high is 81 today in Westport in Fairfield, Connecticut, and tomorrow is 58, would you believe? And then 61, 57, 57, 60, 66, 70, 66, 64, 60, 61, 63, 63, 65. So this little weird anomaly of uh, four days in the 80s is coming to a bit of an end, but it was just a reminder um, when the weather is great, when the weather is great, get outside, take the dog for a walk, maybe detach from social audio to Christopher's point uh, and, and, uh, and enjoy. Uh, and if you're wondering what the code is to the POA app, maybe that's why you're hanging around. It's Bud Light, obviously. Bud Light. And that POA app should be available right about now. So have a wonderful weekend and see you all on Monday. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.